Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again to be hung over. And I got to tell you, I see Big Marv already up here saying, what's goody, Beastie Boys? What's goody is the three-game losing streak is over. The hangover is a happy hangover. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have earned the AFC North Championship on their own and not by the benefit of the Jets beating the Cleveland Browns. They earned it by themselves. They did not back into the division after uh, that great start and that three-game hole. Tony, I'm feeling it. I'm loving it. What's going on, my man? How you doing, Brian? Uh, it's it's. I feel good. I feel good. I mean, uh, they they came this close to having the most unsatisfying division t- clincher in history, probably, and and uh, it's a testament to the organization that they were able to do a 180 and, and turn that game around. It was a great, I was really proud of the team, how they, how they turned things around on Sunday. I absolutely was too. And it didn't feel like that way at first. So I got to tell you, great turnaround, a tale of two halves. We're going to talk about all of that. And once again, this is BTSC behind the steel curtain.com. This is the hangover where good or bad win or lose. We talk about how we're feeling. It's our therapy group. The next day after the Steelers, play their regular season game and now we're gonna have playoff hangovers too and hopefully there are many and there are lots of good ones but here's the deal win or lose we were going to be on here and at the beginning of that game tony it felt like it was going to be a loss and you mentioned something about uh you know earning those hats and caps and winning the division You know, it's not fun to put those things on when you just lost your four straight game and (laughs) you had to have the Jets help you. I mean, you you take it just like anything. You take it because you did earn those 11 wins to get you in that situation. But the way it was heading, it just felt really bad. So all of a sudden, after that game, we go on for the postgame show with co-editors Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield and myself. and. All of a sudden, a lot of people in the live chat are having Super Bowl hopes once again. And I'm looking at at uh, Wes's comment here. I'm not getting back on the SB wagon just yet. And I get it. I get it. Not everybody will. Um, but really what it is, it has revitalized championship dreams for this team and makes you feel a whole lot better. I'm looking at Nap here, Nap1963, saying totally hungover. I love it. And he was texting me. Uh, he was texting me in the first half, and mm-hmm. and uh, we were frustrated together. Oh, yeah, I mean, we we really were. And you know, on our Slack channel with BTSC, there was a lot of frustration. And one thing that I said to Nap, I said, "Man, if I didn't have a show after this game, if I didn't have to watch this game, I would turn it off." That's how frustrating it was. Because it just seemed like the same thing over and over and over again. Ben wasn't completing balls. The running game wasn't going. But a new wrinkle with the run game getting even more gashed than it had been a few weeks back. The uh, run defense. Excuse me. And I got to tell you, it just seemed like the Colts were outclassing them. But something happened. The Colts started playing a different brand of ball after that first drive in the second half. And they went away from the run a little bit more. They went for the pass. They were up 24 to 7. And they kind of abandoned what they were doing. 
and the Steelers took advantage. So, Tony, what were you? What was your knee-jerk reaction when the Steelers went for it on fourth down, down twenty-four to seven, near the goal line? Uh, the, you talking about the, the the result, or or before before the result? I was talking before the result. Uh, I. I I, I I was thinking they have to make this or it could possibly be, you know, game over because, you know, if, how many times have, have they have they uh, been stymied on, on third and fourth and one this year and, and ha- they'll be down 24 to seven, have it put a pretty good drive together. You have a chance to get within 10 points. I was thinking they better make it or th- this is it. They're, they're not going to they're going to lose their fourth straight. That's what I was thinking at that time. After they missed it. I was not angry that they went for it. I was angry that they could not punch that in. And that that's what made me angry. But I had this weird feeling after they didn't punch it, punch it in. I'm thinking, all right, these guys don't have their tackles. They could, I mean, they've been blitzing fairly well. TJ had, which I thought he had two and a half sacks, but he only had two. Um, really thought he should have had a half on that one with Stefan to it um, unless that changed and I was not made aware of it, but I'm thinking, you know what, what if they get a safety and Tony Romo said something about the safety as well. Um, but, you know, I felt like they should go for it there. It didn't work. I would have made the same call to go for it there, but I was talking about this on the post game show, Tony. And I want to ask your question, ask you a question about this. If they go for the field goal and make it, I don't feel like they would have won that game if they would have if they would have settled for a field goal there. I think the field position that they were in forced a different Colts game and uh, a different Colts game plan. And I just kind of feel that uh, so much momentum came out of getting the ball back from the Colts after surrendering it down that close. Tony, what were your thoughts there? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I think I think the. I thought it was the right decision to go for it. I, I was just worried about what would happen if they didn't uh, make it. And and, and you're right. It, 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 it change, if, if it's 24-10 there and, and the Colts get the ball at the 25 or the 35 or whatever, uh, it's a, the way they move the ball over the first two and a half quarters, uh, they're probably going to go down the field and, and, and score. You know, and, and I think it was huge that the Steelers' defense forced a three and out after, after – uh, that that after they got stopped at the goal line, I think you know it was a maybe a, a vote of confidence by Mike Tomlin and his defense, saying, "Look, we're going to take this chance here. If we don't make it, we, we're going to rely on you to get the ball back and, and give us a good field position again." So I, I thought that was key that three and out after 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 they they failed to, to, to score. I think that, that was maybe the biggest part of the game. All right, I am going to hold on to this comment here because I love it. I'm going to bring uh, Eric's come on comment up next, but I got to say this. I'm not a country music fan. I've, I mean, I've seen Garth Brooks in concert, but not a huge fan. But Garth Brooks has a song called Unanswered Prayer. And I feel like that was an unanswered prayer right there when they didn't make it. Because I felt like it woke up Ben Roethlisberger. Do you feel that way? Because Ben Roethlisberger came out different. Yeah, momentum's a funny thing. And, and, and I thought it was huge. Not only that they forced a three and out, but that they scored on one play. Because... Uh, you know, you're, you're now you're within 10 points before the fourth quarter. So, and obviously they, they scored again pretty quickly in early in the fourth quarter. So I think, yeah, uh, it woke Ben up and, and he, maybe he was a, a 
a wake up call think saying, look, we, we, we've been trying the same things over and over again with the short passing game. We have to open, if we're going to get anywhere this year, we have to open it up and it starts now or it might be too late. And, and it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been better timing for, for Ben to, to, to have his little wake up call. Eric Pereira agrees with you. Great to see the Steelers throw the ball down the field to all receivers and use James as a receiver. When he's saying James, he's talking about James Conner. I love it. I love using James Conner out of the backfield. That helped open things up too. They still never really got that running game going, but they had uh, one or two times when James Conner was able to get loose and help move the chains there. I mean, towards the end. So open up just a smidge, but enough to kind of change the script. And the script completely flipped when they started throwing the ball down the field. That's what we've been asking for for the last six or eight weeks or so. Those mid-range balls going down the field, and that's what they did. That long ball to Deontay Johnson um, was perfect. Somebody somebody mentioned that, and somebody also mentioned every touchdown pass is perfect. And I got to tell you, that got them back in. As soon as they connected on that touchdown pass, I'm not saying I'm a soothsayer because at halftime, I I went and took a shower. That's how dirty I felt during mm-hmm. that game. I went and took a shower, and I came back out. I'm thinking, all right, here we go. If they can come out strong, they've got a chance, but they've got to come out strong. But the Colts have got to uh, they've got to stop the Colts, and they did not stop the Colts. But that sack. Um, really close. That sack was huge, um, holding them to a field goal. Mm-hmm. And but I'm thinking, man, they just took five six minutes off the clock. Well, here we go. If they're going to do anything, they've got to do it here right now. And they didn't. They, they almost did, but they didn't. But right. they showed they could move the ball down down the field a little bit more. And then after that, when Ben Roethlisberger connected to DJ 18, I'm thinking at that point, Tony. They could come back because yeah. I, I I just knew that they could. I wasn't, uh, but I'm was still afraid of Rivers and the Colts. And, uh, of course, Jonathan Taylor, who I think is a, a tremendous running back. And uh, on our pregame show the other day, I talked about this on the postgame yesterday, um, KT Smith mentioned that he had a, he's a high school coach, as you know, and he was scouting a, scouting a, a high school football game coming up. And he was scouting Jonathan Taylor's opponents at the time. And he said the kid was unreal to watch. Hmm. He saw, he scouted him in high school and said, wow, he was just absolutely amazing. And what he brought yesterday, I expect a lot of big things out of Taylor who uh, went in the second round to the Colts this year. What a big win for them. And I got to tell you, I didn't think that they stopped him a little bit in the second half, but they didn't go to him as much as they should. So it, it was really strange, but I really thought that they were going to be able to get it together there, and they did. And once he connected, it seemed like they weren't really looking back at that point, Tony. Yeah, and and, and imagine if the Steelers had a 24-7 lead and they were they were down their two starting tackles and, and they were, but they were running the ball effectively with a, with a young stud uh, running back. And all of a sudden they start throwing the ball and <laughs> exposing the, their veteran quarterback. So I thought it was key that, that after the Deontay Johnson uh, touchdown, that they got another three and out and gave the ball right back to Pittsburgh. And, and you know, the, the Eric Ebron touchdown that, that, that was off of a long drive and or not, not that really that long of a drive, but, but they had, they were within three 
very early in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it it just felt really good. As horrible as I felt in the first half, mid towards the end of the third, I'm feeling great because it just seemed like it was happening. And they finally took that lead. But here we go again. They made some mistakes. They made some young mistakes with uh, Deontay Johnson going out of bounds and giving the Colts a chance. But the nice thing that came out of that was the fact that the defense shut them down. They let them move. Right. I mean, they were field goal range if a field goal would have worked, but it wasn't going to with the four-point lead. They let them move the ball, but they didn't break. Some things happened some things happened there. There were some horrible calls against the Steelers there down the stretch. There were some horrible calls against the Colts in that game as well. So I'm not going to uh I'm not going to complain um when it came out on our end um out in the wash. But you know, I I gotta say, it just seemed like when the Steelers finally had an opening and needed to take momentum, they did. So what I'm hoping, and you see the title of this show, the title of the show is The Steelers Revitalized Championship Dreams, or Championship, I I don't even know what the title is, (laughs) it's something like that, but with that, they revitalize that championship feeling now, and now we can start thinking about that, and the other big win out of this game was they came out relatively healthy. Very much. They did lose a player out of this game, and it just happened actually about uh, right before we went on the air here. And who did they lose? And you're saying, bad, nobody got hurt in this game. No, they actually put Derwin Gray on waivers to start before this game to be able to make a move. And I think they had every intention of bringing them back, but the Jaguars decided to take Derwin Gray instead. So Derwin Gray is no longer a Pittsburgh Steeler as of about an hour ago. And that's a, that's a young player on the offensive line that uh, was just starting to get some action in the last couple of weeks. Um, but they left him unprotected and he is no longer there. But as far as injuries go, no injuries. So that's a huge deal. The other huge deal coming out of this game was guys that were really lighting it up for the Steelers at the beginning of the season and here and there all through really showed up yesterday. You know, I'm going to say TJ Watt has been doing it all season and really has. Now he is just one sack away from the team record. With his 15 sacks that he has right now, he could tie Debo James Harrison from that 2008 season when he was defensive player of the year in the NFL and the Steelers last hoisted the Lombardi. So he can tie him for the the uh, single season sack record at 16. And, and it's really funny. He is only about 30 and a half sacks away from tying James Harrison for the team lead in history. So the, the most sacks in, in team history, which is which would be absolutely amazing as well. Um, but we're not worried about the future. We're not worried about records. We're we're worrying about this 2020 season and the Steelers being able to put it back together for the playoffs. So my question here is when you've got Mike Hilton and Stefan to it reemerging in this game and looking really good and making big plays as well as a guy like Alex Highsmith, who, uh, 
you know, against a run, he's not as strong as Bud Dupree was. He's a pass rusher extraordinaire, and he looked pretty good. And he made he made a huge play on that interception late in the game. But Hilton Hilton had an amazing game with that fumble recovery and the interception. I mean, it could have been a touchdown on that fumble recovery. I mean, he's he's probably your your MVP of this game. And you've got to give some nods a game ball to Ben Roethlisberger for how he put it together in the second half after a horrible first half. But a lot of guys contributed. But so my question is, with guys like Tuit and Hilton coming up big, Highsmith, you throw in Ben turning it around, um, a seamless game by Deontay Johnson not dropping the ball, Juju coming up with some big catches, all of these guys coming up with some big catches when they had to. Eric Ebron looking right again as well. Um, when you throw all that in, do you feel like the title is right that the Steelers have revitalized their championship dreams? Yeah, it's like we talked about last week. It, I mean, it wasn't it, the script wasn't quite what we thought it would be or hoped it would be. You know, a, a solid win over a really good team, but. The fact that they that they were able to to, to bounce back from a seventeen point lead and, and seemingly change the uh, script on offense and, and and start doing what everybody had been saying that they should do for forever and and kudos to to the fans for for actually getting you know being right this time. Look, we kept saying you have to open things up and, and they did and, and it worked. So I think when, when you when you when you factor in that. That, that, that Ben can throw, he proved that he can throw deep, and, and, and his arm is there's nothing wrong with his arm, at least not on Sunday. There wasn't, there was nothing wrong. There didn't appear to be in, in the defense. That so many, of the, you know, TJ Watt is is if he's not defensive player of the year, he's going to be this close to winning it. Okay, uh, I'm laughing because that was my next question. I was I was teeing that up. Um, Steeler Nation four one two says TJ going to get a big huge. Qu- Get a get a huge contract and Rand's eighty seven I Rock Z. Oh, love it. Um, TJ is just phenomenal. My question was going to be, did TJ win the Defensive Player of the Year award yesterday in that game? In my mind, he did. I mean, uh, I saw I saw the the his, his the stats are on Facebook over his first four four years, and and they're just so consistent. He's such a consistent player. He just brings it week in and week out, kind of like James Harrison did in his heyday, you know, and and. And and how many times yesterday and, and all season did you see T.J. Watt victimized by the old James Harrison? Let's grab him around the uh, the neck and 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 steer him to the ground and and, and the ref didn't call holding. I mean, we, we see that every week. I mean, the guy just whether it's a a backup left tackle or 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 I'm sorry, right tackle or or a a, a pro bowler, the guy cannot be stopped one on one. So, you know, that that uh, in my mind, he is the defensive player of the year. Now, you know, some some people are saying. Uh, um, Aaron Donald, but I guess we'll find out. But I think he's he's done enough to to, to win that award. You know, I think there's something in play here that uh, sometimes it doesn't happen. But I think in a situation like this, with Aaron Donald having one already, that you know, I know we've seen it before with Michael Jordan getting a few, Magic Johnson getting a few way back when, because they were uh, head and shoulders above everybody else at the time. But I really think the NFL would want to crown a player the caliber of T.J. Watt when Aaron Donald already has one. And as far as hurries, uh, not not just sacks, as far as hair, hurries and quarterback hits, T.J. has more than anybody. And it's a larger margin than what you would think. 
So that's why I think TJ is going to win that. And yeah, he is, he is just a fantastic player. Now here's the question. He's one sack away from the record, but we saw him yesterday when we got scared yesterday with him looking like he was hurt, but he came back on the field. We've seen it a few times this year. Who do you rest this weekend against the Cleveland Browns when the only thing that is going to change is being the number two or the number three seed, especially if something happens where the Bills lose tonight? Um, and it's a possibility that they lose tonight. They just lost a couple guys to COVID. Actually, um, w- within the last hour, the news came out about that. John Brown's also on that list too. But my question is, is there a reason to start a guy like TJ Watt? Absolutely not. There's there's two reasons why you don't start him. Uh, Devin Bush and, and Bud Dupree. So, yeah, you, I think, you, as you said, you're, you're locked into the 2-3 bracket. You know, by being in that bracket, you you if you win, even if you're number three seed, uh, you know you're if you win that game, you're gonna at the very least you, you're gonna travel to, to Buffalo unless they lose. But the, the the bottom line is you're gonna avoid the Chiefs in the first two rounds as long as you keep winning. So I think you you, you rest all key personnel against the Browns and 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 t- you start with T.J. Watt. He's at the top of the list. Okay, so I love our live chat because this is the glory of the live chat. They can agree to disagree on this because some people are saying, um, "Rest you rest everybody." Yeah, John, I agree. John, Trent, John Trent, who I really respect, says rest everyone. Um, a lot of other people have said that too. I'm just uh, singling out John Felicia, who I really respect as well, says nobody rest nobody. We're rusty with rest. Now, I get I get both sides of the coin. I'm thinking you rest a lot of people in this game. I think you put Mason Rudolph in, and I would love, my gosh, I would love to see Mason Rudolph go to Cleveland and beat them. Um, that, to me, would be absolutely phenomenal. Um, but that's not it. You've been victimized, and you said it when you mentioned Bud Dupree and Devin Bush. Uh, you said it completely. We need to come out of this game healthy. Right. And that's the, that's the biggest thing. You know, I could now let's talk about Felicia's point. We're rusty on rest. That's true. Sometimes we are, but this team has not had a bye week. Right. Um, This doesn't make it a bye week because the team is playing, but it is going to give some very important people time to rest. I think, I don't think that uh, Ben Roethlisberger is going to play any different. um, Whether he, uh, in the playoffs, whether he plays this week or not, but you're just, you're risking more. Uh, there's, I, I think there's more reward from resting a lot of guys. Now, of course you can't rest everybody, but if you were to rest about five or let's say five or six guys, who are you resting, Tony? And I'm, I'm going to help you out here. We know Ben's on the list. Yeah, of course, Ben, TJ Watt. I think you have to rest Joe Hayden because he's, he's so valuable. Minka, and 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 Cam Hayward and, and to it. I think those are the those are the guys and 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 everybody else, you know, you you play them as much as as, as need be. And, and if you have if you have replacements for them, then you play them a quarter and then you take them out too. And and I think it would be 
as you said, they really haven't had a buy. I mean, they kind of got, got their buy th thrust upon them earlier in the year than they thought, and, and they've been jerked around with the schedule. I think this would be a great morale boost for uh, for from Mike Tomlin to to his players to 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 give them to take it easy on them this week. They're playing the Browns; they know the Browns, so you know you don't really have to go crazy with the film study and the practice. Uh, so you take it easy on them this week, and then you, you rest your your key your key players. You, you deactivate them, and then you you play the, the rest of the guys a, a quarter or so, and you get them out of there. That's that's what I, that's how I would handle it. Well, you know, what's funny is that uh, they are resting Pat Mahomes in Kansas City. I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes. Sorry, Mrs. Mahomes. Um, Patrick's being rested, and that's going to be two weeks off for him. And right. Andy Reid is famous for that. He's famous for resting everybody, and it doesn't always work in his favor. I I will tell you that. But, you know, if you play those guys and they get their, their head ripped off or they, they hurt a knee or – or uh, do something that they're out for the rest of the playoffs that when you don't have to play them, I, th I think that's going to kill you even more. So when you don't have a reason to win, I think you, you go ahead and leave some of these guys out. However, I got to ask you this question, Tony, do they risk exposing somebody else to injury by having less guys in there, especially on offense and defense? Um, I was going to say, especially on defense, like when you have, don't have, if you don't have a to it or a Hayward in there to absorb th some things, do you risk getting a guy like Avery Williamson hurt or a guy like Steven Nelson hurt, um, or a guy like Alex Highsmith hurt by, ha by not having protection around them? I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I guess you could, you could, you could say that, but, but I, I think you could say that, I mean, they're all one play away from. From uh, from you know, having a, a serious injury, so I, I don't I don't know if it's that much of a risk at all. Uh, re really, I you know I, I I see what you're saying, but I I don't think it's it, it's it's that big of a factor, honestly. You know who I think needs a rest is DeCastro. I yeah, don't, I don't yeah, think he's point. right. I, uh, I I still think he's a great player. I just don't think he's healthy. I'd love to see him rest. Connor might as well rest him. You know, yeah. it doesn't hurt to rest a guy like Connor, but so it's uh and give some of these guys like McDave Clenor just said they should start Landon Sutton and rest Nelson and Hayden. Yeah, maybe give those guys some much needed reps too. They when they get reps, they they get better. Um, vodka drinker says, "Bad, you got to play the game, dude." Um, I get it, and maybe I'm reading way too much into this, but oh, no, it's but, the right call. <laughs> You got to rest people. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I remember when uh, Kevin Green was going for the sack title back in 1994. They rested him, O'Donnell. Um, they had already had the number one seed wrapped up in uh, in 94, and they rested all of those guys. Now, um, it helped them the first week. They lost in the second week, but uh, they lost in the AFC Championship game. So it it goes. There's so many different ways that you could look at it. It's just like I'm erring on the side of caution because I've seen it happen. So with that being said, right before we – we're going to go to break, but before that we want to take a couple live Super Chats here and thank both Sean Manahan and John Knox for the $5. Um, Sean says receivers um, said Ben called the second half. Again, throwing Feetner under the bus. Hey, if the receivers are saying that, 
Ben's not call, throwing him under, so that's great. And Feetner is under the bus, and of course Feetner is going to take credit for it. I joked about that yesterday um, that he will, but I, I had not heard that. But you know, that means that the receivers have Ben's back, and I think that's really important. Um, love to hear that. That that means some cohesion because I was actually wondering about that yesterday. Um, and I, I mentioned that on, on the post game show that maybe the receivers had a talk with Ben and called him out and said, Hey, you keep us accountable. I mean, got to get it to us. We'll do it. And, uh, I mean, that's just a scenario I came up with in my head, but you never know. John Knox says rest Al pounce DeCastro. Maybe a different O line can get a push in the run game. I don't, I agree. I agree. Um, however, you guys got to, you, we do have to remember, and Dave Schofield said this yesterday, or maybe it was Jeff, that you got to make sure that some guys are out there in case somebody gets hurt in, the, in that game, too. You got to, you can't, right. uh, you might dress them and not, not play them. Um, you might see something like that. Ben, you don't have to dress because you oh, have, yeah. you have the quarterbacks yeah. with Ben. Um, so there we go. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and take a break here. And if you are on Facebook or on YouTube, just stick around, uh, take a drink. We will be right back after this. If you're checking us out on any of our podcast platforms, anywhere you are able to download your favorite podcast, just go ahead and look for the hangover number two. You can do it in seconds and you'll be right back with us. So we'll be right back after this, Tony and I on the hangover. Stick around, my friends. 